O'Reilly Auto Parts, man, they are in the business of keeping your car on the road. They offer friendly and helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. You know the jingle? Oh, yeah. We're going to do the jingle at the end of this. Nice. I can't right? wait for it. Yeah. So listen. Listen to the end. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your car. Need your windshield wipers replaced? A brake light fixed or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, You'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, they're friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com. That's O'ReillyAuto.com. O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Ow! you better put that in there homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping it's never just about the house or condo it's about the home and what makes a home is more than just the house or the property it's the location and neighborhood dalton if you have kids it's also schools nearby parks and transportation options that's why homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home and when we say in depth we're talking deep in depth each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide they also have details about local schools with test scores state rankings and student to teacher ratio they even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent so when it comes to finding a home not just a house a home this is everything you need to know all in one place homes.com we've done your homework i am weird dude. you are weird <laughs> mr dale and hart jr that family picnic sometimes <laughs> gives you more than just potato salad. That's the voice of my co-host and one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mike Davis. We're screwed. What does that mean? No, we're not standing in that box together in our underwear. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh, my God, that is hilarious. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download here in the Bojangle studio with my co-host, Mike Davis. And it's Tuesday, August the 8th. 2023 we're gonna do a little dirty air and some ash jr today so excited about that coming off of a uh a great weekend i'll call it a great weekend in michigan had a lot of rain extended weekend extended yeah and that's not uh, unusual for there i remember sitting in the bus uh one year it rained all day sunday monday and tuesday and i think we raced wednesday and man I was so ticked off because I knew, like everyone else, that it was going to rain for three days, right? But NASCAR didn't send anybody home. <laughs> they were like, yep, we're going to stick around. Could happen tomorrow. Stay stay tuned. It was just annoying as hell. But we have so much more technology and a better process now that I think in, in, in today's times, they would probably just said, hey, we're going to send you home. Yeah. But anyways, that's... Uh, neither here nor there we are finally home i am late 
I got here a little late, Mike. Sorry about that. No, it's no problem. You kind of look like an accountant. You got all your folders with you. You, you came with uh, binders and stuff. Yeah. Is that for something else? Are you doing business today? I just brought some stuff out um, just to be able to do some good work today. So, I love that um, hat, by the way. Random thought. Yeah, thank you, man. Got the Alabama gang hat. There's a bunch to pack into this show because I've got is. a lot to say. Um, first off, I uh, want to thank Lionel for their support of the Dale Jr. Download. Obviously, you know we're big fans of Lionel, big fans of Diecast. And um, so I did get some news about the the late model stock tool. Uh, my car, they're going to make a couple different cars. I think they're doing a race win of Carson Quapple from uh, North Wilkesboro. The first race back at Wilkesboro, he wins it, right? We run third. Um, they're doing a race version of my car from that event and a race, race win version of his car. I think they're doing a, a Landon Huffman. Mm. Uh, which is a High Rock Vodka, That's which right. we sponsor it. Uh, he won this past weekend. Congratulations, Landon, over at Hickory. That car now, I guess, is going to be available sometime in the winter. December, I think. December. Well, 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 are they going to make them in December? They gonna... Production starts in December. Yeah. We're looking at Tiff. Yeah, Tiff, Tiff Powers. Tiff had content. the answers before the show started. Now we're locking up. So, the first shots of the new tool are in. Yeah, I have them. Yeah. Okay, regular production, end of the year. And, um, hey, don't ask me why this process is a long one, but I just want to say um, this has been a grassroots effort to get Lionel to create the new tool. All this started because Lionel made a version of the Sundrop late model stock car using an old Xfinity tool, right? Everybody's like, oh, man, this again? And so I don't like, know about everybody, but you did. You 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 were yeah. you were not uh, impressed, and you wanted to have the actual thing. And so you should, by the way. Well, I was only reacting to what I saw from other people. Okay, you know, all right. I'm reacting to what I'm hearing on on uh, you know where we get our information. Okay, all right. And so <laughs> social media. <laughs> yeah, I'm reacting to to that, and uh, you know it's real people and their opinions, and 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 so. I'm like, yeah, I agree. I wish they would create a tool. This car is so, you know, this car is so unique, and and it should have its own own tool. And yeah. there's a resurgence in short track racing, super late mile racing. Think about all the possibilities. So, I want to say all this to say thank you to Lionel. I Boom. mean, they could have said no, it's not in the budget. Hey, let me tell you, Lionel is not going to make a bunch of uh, profit off of making this tool and selling these 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 late model stock cars it's a small market they're not going to make a ton of profit i may be crazy but i believe in my mind they're only doing this because we want it right nothing they're not doing it because it's going to really help their bottom line they're doing it because we asked for it yeah that's that's a good company i think you're right by the way yeah, I think, yeah thank sure. you lionel i right. appreciate you for, for listening I can't wait. I've seen pictures of the tool, and I'll stop talking about it. So, anyways, moving on, we got SVG coming in later. He's yep. doing Thursday, right? Yep, he'll be our Thursday show. So, I can't wait to talk to him and ask him about what his plans are. Hopefully, by Thursday, um, you know, he hasn't announced anything. But, anyways, I, um, I he's here. Yeah. No telling. The, the news just might come pouring out. He's in. He's in the state. 
We'll ask him that. We'll ask him, are you planning to do any news? Because we'll roll this we'll thing break out. News. <laughs> we'll, don't don't we'll, freaking break news on do, top of us don't here. Don't do that. If you're yeah. going to break it, break it right here at the table. We're going to ask him, though, man. We're going to pry into his business. Yeah. And see what he's. I know he's figured out what he's doing. See if he'll tell us or slip up a little bit. Plus, I'm really captivated by you know what this means for the Supercar Series. You're a fan of that series. You've always been kind of an advocate for them. They, they are some insane racing. You know, when he won Chicago, he goes back – um, and had a bit of a tiff with his team uh, in the very next week. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, they had a little bit of a run-in, and they had to sort some things out, but they also just won this past weekend. So, Damn. Yeah. So, so like, what you mean, what does this mean for other drivers in that series? That, right? what does it mean for the series? Like, if he, in fact, comes yeah. over here to NASCAR full-time, what does that mean for, us, uh, for, for the supercars? Yeah. I wonder. Well, uh, this weekend at Indy, there's a couple other drivers that are going to run. Yeah. That in, Brody Kostecki's yeah. running at RCR. So, Listen, Brody came over to the States. This guy, everybody needs to, t- to tune in to him a little bit. Uh, SVG is going to be awesome. We're excited he's coming back. He's going to be on our show Thursday. But I don't want that to overshadow Brody because his story is really unique, and I've been paying attention to it uh, because he's also connected really closely to, to our friend Paul Morris. Right. Uh, he was an instructor and, and a student. Uh, at Paul's driving school. Paul has a driving school. You can go over there. E- anyone can show up, drive, drive V8 supercars around his cla- his his course. Um, and it's an it's Norwell is the is the name of the course. Let me make sure I'm saying all this correctly. So uh, look that up. Um, Norwell is the course in um, in Australia, and it's a driving school. They got a track and cars and everything. And anybody can go over there and be a part of that. And I took, when I went to Australia back in 2006, I took all of my buddies and we drove cars all day long and we raced. You want to know who was fast, Mike? TJ, of course. He was decent. He's a good little racer. Hovis. What? Yes. David Hovis. David Hovis. PR PR extraordinary. Pitsky racing PR guy. David was quick. Really quick. And so, um, my, you know, anyways, Brody somehow. He was on this sort of path in Australia to get the supercar eventually, um, but he's basically, you know, in the in the grassroots level, working his way up. He gets an opportunity to come stay over here and race uh, late model stocks and maybe some K and N stuff. I'm not 100 percent sure exactly everything he did, but he was here for a brief period of time, trying to maybe break into stock car racing. Mm. So this is not like a, his first trip here to race a stock car. Um, that was sort of a thing that he wanted to try to accomplish years ago. It didn't work out. He went back home, uh, went back to work with Paul, and through his connections with Paul and everything else going on and his success on the track, he's now in the V8 Supercars and very successful there. Yeah. All the while, secretly, until recently this news comes out, he's been helping RCR on their road course stuff. He's been driving Sim and several other things to help RCR on uh, with the uh, next-gen car because the next-gen and the supercar are so close. There's some similarities. Very, very clever, RCR. Yeah. Very clever. Yeah. If I was another cup team, I'd be like, hey, let me scour the V8 supercar garage for a driver that can help us with sim and find out what we can do to make our cars better here in the United States because the cars are so similar. Brody's get through Brody's hard work and efforts and and and, you know impression he's left at RCR. Now he's got this opportunity to come race at Indy this weekend. And is Norwell the correct? Yeah, Norwell Motorplex. All right. So if you're in Australia and you want to go have some fun, Norwell Motorplex. 
Go see Paul Morris and our friends there. They'll hook you up. You'll have the best day ever. If you want fun, just go find Paul Morris wherever he is. Yeah. If you can get <laughs> to him. To be at the Norwell you, Motorplex. Yeah. If you just go to lunch with Paul, it's a great time. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a memory. Um, and then um, Kobayashi, right? What's his name? Kobayashi. The, uh, yeah. what, what, He's racing. Who is he racing for? 2311. And that's 67. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. I'm going to butcher his name, but it's... Kimu 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 Yeah K A And last name is U I Kobayashi Yeah It's Kobayashi I was right Yeah yeah So Oh Jesus High probability we butchered that thing all the way through (laughs) I just love just how on it these guys are back there They got so much in front of them Screens and Google search and just every tool in the book man and they just crack it out well i had forgotten about that but 2311 <laughs> didn't make that announcement they did yes. you're right i every time i saw, like, lean on y'all man i'm nervous i'm gonna tell you <laughs> i um <laughs> hey i'm glad y'all are the punching bag today i it's love two, it. two shows it. in a row yeah let's you, do this you were asking for his first name right no just any help so oh. Oh, <laughs> i didn't know if i was talking about the Eats the hot dogs or what? <laughs> <laughs> so listen. Joey Chestnut's driving yes. for somebody this weekend too, isn't he? <laughs> Kobayashi has we've seen him be just ridiculous <laughs> in IMSA at the 24 Hours of Daytona, and um, every car that he drives in is like he's lights out faster than everybody else. It, and it's yes, it, it's a bit talked about, but it's also I've been on those broadcasts. And there's sort of this um, unspoken, like, okay, yeah, this guy's way better than everyone else. Uh, we don't really dive, you know, you aren't going to dive into that during the broadcast because you don't want to put Show the rest, of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, put the rest of the guys down. But he's just so damn quick every time he gets in a car, and he won. He was bad every time he was racing for Wayne Taylor. It was like, okay, he's going to be a second faster than everybody on the track. And so, <clears throat> apparently, I'm hearing rumors that uh, the testing that they did with him. He was insane. Mm. Insane. So, Kobayashi, SVG, Brody, um, I, how do we, let's handicap these guys. Let's do it. All right. So, or should we wait with SVG? Now, let's no, do it now. Let's do it now. Why? We can't do that in front of him. Let, let's, hey, you're, you're number three. All right. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, we had this conversation last week and we were trying to figure out what expectations you have with SVG. You said if he doesn't come out of this thing with a top five, it's a disappointment. What about Brody? Well, let's do that. Let's, let's, cat, let's, let's handicap on the three. Yeah. So, I'm going to put Kobayashi at the top. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I heard his test was insane. Okay, at the top, does, are you saying he'll contend for the win? Of course. And do you think he will win? He could. So you're top, let's just say top five this for is, him. I don't see how this is like such a crazy statement. No, um, I'm just confirming. I'm just making sure I'm clear on exactly I'm what you're da- saying. I'm, I want to talk about the three drivers. Yep. Not top fives, not wins. Who out of the three? That's what we're doing. Yeah. I think Kobayashi's at the top, SVG, and then Brody. Okay. I, and I'm saying that not just on talent. I'm talking about maybe car and speed. Um, honestly, I think that, you know, the Toyotas in 2311 and their connection, if you just line the cars up and put the same driver in all three, right, RCR, which is Brody, 2311, which is Kobayashi, and then Trackhouse, which is SVG. I think 2311 is going to have a little bit quicker car than Trackhouse. Trackhouse will be just a little quicker than 
the third RCR car. And so hmm. that's how I would categorize the cars. Then you throw the drivers in there, and I think Kobayashi with his speed and talent. Now, SVG has the experience of Chicago and will probably be less mistake-prone, like I'm talking about sliding a tire into a into a barrier or making a mistake, you know, breaking a transmission or whatever. He's ran the car long enough to have muscle memory and everything and understand the grip of the tires and all that. So when it, But when it comes down to it at the end of the race, I think Kobayashi will have enough you know, information by that point to make some great laps. Uh, Indy's a technical kind of track, weird corners, a lot, of, you know, a lot of little bottlenecks and places where road course talent and, and road course ability can excel. You know, like at Watkins Glen, I could run good there. Yeah, you it did. Was, yeah, but I wasn't a road course guy. But it's so it's like turn straight away, turn straight away, turn straight away. At the Glen, you're like, yeah, I could put one corner together, piece of cake. <laughs> but if you put like five, a series of five corners, right, where if you mess up one of those, all of them are bad. Yeah, That's yeah. the way Sonoma was. Like if you mess up in turn one, it screws up three, four, five. You know, and so. That's where the road course experts shine because they don't make mistakes. Yeah. And so there's less forgiveness yeah. around the track. The yeah. track is less forgiving. So you mess up. And I just really you. think people ought to be paying attention to Kobayashi. I can't wait to see him and the laps that he can make. I think it'll be, it, I expect him to be great. SVG is going to be awesome. Brody uh, could surprise us, but I, I'll be. I don't know if he'll have the paces that the other two have. He'll be right there. It'd be interesting. Can they finish in the top ten easily, all of them? Can they all finish in the top five? Brody's right on that fence for me. Brody's right. Brody's not cool. I don't know. That's going to be tough. I can't ever remember a time when we were so excited to see how the ringers were going to do. I mean, like, we've had ringers, you know, forever, right? Like, they come in and come out. You know, some were better yeah. than others, but, like, you know, SVG sort of recalibrated the game, and now we got these other guys. Yeah. I mean, there's excitement about it. Um, you I, know. Yeah, you're right, Mike. Years, you know, 20 years ago, we'd have somebody come in, even Boris said, would get in a back marker and run top five. Yep. So, you know, Ron Fellows yep. would drive a – average car into the top five or battle for the win uh marcus ambrose even but now i mean you know we have way more road courses on xfinities and 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 there's get all the drivers that are coming up through are getting much more experience on road courses there's more road courses on the cup schedule now all of these people uh in in all of our drivers are you know over at gopro running laps all week long just doing everything they can to get better at road courses it's starting to show. And so when the ringers would come, they were normal. They were average. They were marginalized, right, when they would come race with us. Uh, they weren't ringers anymore. And up until SVG uh, dominated Chicago, no, no one felt like there was a big threat from the outside, right, when somebody would come. We'd seen Project 91 put, pe you know, put F1 drivers and all kinds of, you know, we've had – these drivers come race with us already just last year and they no, no, nothing you know it wasn't they weren't a threat right but that was at Watkins Glen that was at racetracks that all of our guys have raced at 
Right. You know, so now we're going to Indy. I think our drivers will put up a better uh, fight than they did at Chicago. Chicago, everybody was sort of with the weather and the weirdness of the surface of the track, and it was all unpredictable, and the drivers raced timidly, where SVG had nothing to lose. And we're acting like Indy Road Course is this this track we've been going to for years, but it's still relatively new if you but really I think, think about it. Yeah, but I think there's enough experience there that our guys won't they'll go in there with more confidence than they did at chicago here's what i wonder though do they like it do they like running the indy road course and the reason i ask that is because that's a whole other conversation it is another conversation but the thing is is that i remember you in road courses and you were just such a you were so defeated before you even got there because you hated him and so it made me realize that it's such a mental game like the mental game is really important on these road courses and you have to embrace it and I wonder if they embrace it. You got these guys that come in like these uh, these three from from uh, you know overseas, and they're going to come in there. They're going to love it. And I wonder how generally our drivers uh, you know approach the Indy Road Course. Last year it was a cluster, and they all everybody had nothing but bad things to say, right? Well, yeah. I mean I, the the Indy the Indy Road Course is a really fun track, except for Turn One. But that's the same problem they have at Austin and. Walking that's Glen another even con- to a degree, but not, but not as much. Not I as got much, you. Yeah. It's, the turn isn't as sharp, but yeah. they certainly ran, run off the course there, too. Yeah. I mean, that's just a whole other conversation. And, and honestly, listening to Denny, Denny Hamlin and others, uh, we may be going back to the road, the uh, oval, oval anyway. So this is – I think we are. Yeah. Well, uh, I can't wait. I'm so excited about yeah, Indy Road Course this weekend. It'll be fun. Yeah, and IRP Friday night. You know, SVG going to run IRP. In the trucks. <laughs> In the that's trucks. Right. yeah. Good point. <laughs> I mean that's a bull ring. That is a that is a place where I don't envy any young rookie or or inexperienced rookie. I don't env- I don't envy anybody. <laughs> no, because <clears throat> I mean that place. Yeah, that's a long conversation. It'll chew you up and spit you out. Yeah, so it's a lot of beating and banging and and weird lines and tough to pass and just a just a hard little track. NASCAR history and heritage come alive at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Celebrate my fellow inductees Donnie Allison, Jimmy Johnson, and Chad Knauss with their class of 2024 artifacts enshrined in the Hall of Honor. Don't miss the Ford Performance Showcase. It's a new inside NASCAR exhibit that showcases the Ford Mustang's next-gen car through its design and innovation. The latest edition of Glory Road explores over 75 years of racing history, with its cool 33-degree banking and 19 cars on display on Mondays and Fridays, there's guided tours that take you behind the scenes with incredible stories and access to a NASCAR Hall of Fame insider. Or you can explore the hall at your own pace with the new mobile hub. It's a digital experience. Get behind the wheel of a realistic iRacing simulator. Or you can learn how fast-paced pit stops work with the Pit Crew Challenge. From the legends who shaped the sport to the new heroes earning a spot in the record books, the NASCAR Hall of Fame delivers an unforgettable experience. Book your visit to the hall today at nascarhall.com. The Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You going to any concerts this summer, man? I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and Kit Moore. Love Hardy. In uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting the tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open i don't want to miss a thing yeah you you know you gotta act quick yes and when you want the best you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead 
It's like if you're hiring for a business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. Mm. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, and right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. But anyways, let's move on. Um, Michigan this weekend, we had a lot of rain. uh, And unfortunately, man, we had a really, really big crowd on Sunday that did not get to see what we did on Monday. A lot of people had to leave. Um, But uncharacteristically, we had a lot of cautions. Uh, Before we got done on Sunday, we had two or three potential winners that crashed out of the race. Um, Chase Elliott blows a tire and makes, you know, puts himself in a more difficult situation points wise. And, um, uh, Josh Berry wrecked out, uh, driving the 42. I was keeping my eye on Josh and, uh, thought he was doing pretty good. They psyched, they stayed out, um, on, on that restart. They stayed out and didn't pit. And a lot of people come in and pitted and it put him about mid pack. And so he was kind of, I was sitting there thinking, man, I don't. I would have pit with everyone else. I would have played this really conservative with Josh. Um, but anyways, as drivers were trying to come up, come up through their own new tires, uh, he got some bad air and spun out. But anyways, um, so that was kind of disappointing. Anyways, you know, just it was it was not the typical Michigan race. That's all I'd say about it. Yeah, we had a lot of crashes, a lot of cautions. People That's, just busting their ass. Yeah, good yeah. racing. And uh, came down to a pretty interesting little battle at the end. Truex trying to get by the 17, had a much faster car. Truex was lights out all day long. Uh, but Chris Buescher and his team did pulled a great strategy to get them the track position. Uh, Reddick was going to win the race. He cycles in front of the 17 under uh, the, the green flag pit stops at the end, but had the, had the wheel come off. So literally, you know, he was really angry, and he should be. I mean, they, they would have won the race. Mm-hmm. I believe they would have won the race. Um had that not happened so just uh it was fun uh shook up the points a little bit for the bubble battle and um gibbs is now you know minus three to mcdowell um it's plus three or sorry gibbs is plus three this is all confusing as hell so gibbs is now in the in gibbs is now in i thought he was gibbs is in the 16th position ahead of mcdowell uh, Suarez made some big gains this past weekend. I didn't think he would run that good, but they um, they did a good job. He did a good job and closed the gap, and now he's minus five to the bubble. Bubba Wallace put a little bit more points on on the cushion that he has in 15th place, now plus 58. Uh, McDowell's still right there at the top of the, top of the bubble at minus three. Almondinger's kind of hovering. No change for him pretty much. Um, not a lot of change for Bowman. Cindric and Elliott are pretty much got to win. So that's been a lot of fun to watch. And Gibbs has clawed his way into this thing over the last several weeks with really fast race cars. He's not making mistakes, not crashing out. And I think Ty Gibbs and Bubba Wallace 
are probably the ones that are going to make make their way into the playoffs unless somehow Chase Elliott can win. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger, you know, pretty good at the road courses, but I just don't think that that team and the cars that A.J.'s driving have the speed. So we'll see. And you got Bowman. I mean, you got Daytona. So, I mean, yeah, anything can happen the there. 48 anything, there, yeah. Daytona. Or the two. He won at Daytona in the That's 500. True. So, yeah. I mean, anything can happen. It'll be so fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. I mean, these three races left, two road courses in Daytona. Good God. This thing could just flip upside down anyway, yeah. any time, right? Yeah, and we're, we're obviously um, – Chris Buescher went in two races in a row for, for um, RFK. RFK now has at least seated themselves as one of the top Ford teams. I'm really enjoying this, you know, this sort of battle among the Ford teams, right? There's There's been this sort of churned up uh, sediment about, you know, Ford trying to get better trying to get more uh, more wins, trying to run up front, but that was always expected to be a Penske car. You know, when Ford was going to turn it around, it was going to be a Penske car that was going to be up front doing that. Not anymore. And so I am, I'm enjoying this sort of battle, competitive sort of friendly rivalry uh, to claim the top spot in the Ford ranks. Absolutely. And I think RFK has Penske on their heels. Um, they work together. They have to forward. All the manufacturers have to work together. The teams do support each other. But one absolutely wants to be the darling. There's always the darling. Of the manufacturer. Every manufacturer yes. has one. Yes. We all know it. Because, you know, inadvertently or, or even on paper, that team can expect and will get more support whether it's financially engineering resources whatever um when you're in the back pocket of that manufacturer and they're you're their favorite child uh you definitely do get treated a little bit differently and it trickles down now you can ask the the smaller teams you know how their support compares and they'll tell you it's not as much Mm -hmm. and so um you know there's a there's a real you know, there's a real hustle going on between, I think, Penske and RFK to to establish one over the other. Which is insane because we're not even a year removed from Logano winning the freaking championship. I know. And, and, and yet, RFK has just come out of the ceiling tiles. Yeah. <laughs> and... And and they're literally, I think they're the best four team. They're the, also the most consistent. You know, you may have Penske, Logano here. Well, you know, Harvick over there at, at Stewart Haas. But Brad and Christopher Boucher are both running well. Boucher, yeah. I um, I agree with you. In the last four weeks, they are the best Ford team. You might take statistics and show me that they're they've been there for longer than that. I'm I'm going off of my gut and what I feel in the industry. I think that you know Roger Penske is always going to be Roger Penske. Nothing's going to change that. Um, they're they're always going to have this sort of you know this uh, this elite status in in their relationship with any manufacturer they work with. But you know our Ford's you know RFK is making Ford putting Ford on notice and saying, hey man, we're a great team. If you you know and you're helping us this amount if you increase that support think about what we can accomplish right and ford's got to go that's exciting yes we can give you those resources those resources have to come from somewhere and so 
that's pretty interesting. And I think that, um, you know, going forward, you know, can, can the thing the thing for me is can RFK keep it up? And it looks like, you know, they've been running good on any kind of racetrack. It's not just a specific type of track. So we'll see. Going to be interesting. We'll keep an eye on them. Chris Busher, he's no slouch to road courses either. No. He's had some good runs. No. In and some of the road courses. Right, right. And in the super speedway and the super speedways. Right. Him yeah. and Brad both. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people are trying to recalibrate what they're thinking about Busher's chance chances in the playoffs like you know before you probably don't even have him coming out of the round of 16 now you certainly think he's a favorite could he make your top eight could he even go top four I'm sitting there going hey don't go shake off Brad Brad with the experience he's a champion they're running just as well he could have also won these races uh you know they had the the pit stop problem at Richmond yeah um led the most laps but Brad, man, it's kind of like, listen, not to compare this to the Denny Hamlin bracket challenge, but Brad kind of just quietly just kind of eases up on through there. Next thing you know, he's sitting there in the finals. Brad, I'm telling you, man, you got to start thinking about what he could do in this playoff. Yeah. I'm also, there's two things there. So I'm thankful that Brad saw what he saw in Chris yeah. to, 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 to keep him, right? Um, and I don't know that Chris Chris's role at, at the at the organiz, organization was ever in doubt but look man you ha, you know brad's coming in he's like hey we're going to change the culture we're painting the, we're cleaning this place up we're going to paint the floors we're going to get rid of all this used crap that we're never going to use again he really went in there and made some big moves and you know just like a just like a head a new head coach or a new gm for a team they come in they get rid of all the people they, they wanna, want their people they want their people right and brad Brad could have, you know, had a he he did he had an influence on all things, even Chris Busher, right? Luckily uh, for Chris and and smart for Brad, Brad saw something that he thought was worth hanging on to, and that has really paid off. He's got a teammate that is quality, that is performing, and instead of Brad jumping in the cars and Brad taking the team to the top, they've rose together equally. I mean, literally, they've had, outside of the two wins for Chris, they've had kind of the mirror seasons between the two cars. That's what's amazing. When you talk about what can Chris Busher do in the playoffs, I think it will be somewhat similar to what I experienced this weekend in qualifying. He goes out there and puts down a top 10 lap and goes into the next round. I, everybody's watching Chris Busher after after the win at Richmond. Are they going to relegate themselves back to a you know a tenth place team, eighth place team? What are they going to do here? This is where horsepower, handling, everything comes into play. Every part has to be working, and so this shows you. Michigan shows you what teams have it all, right? And he goes out there and puts down a hell of a lap in qualifying. I'm thinking, I think this is basically going to be how it goes in the playoffs. They're he's going to yep. he's he might not make it to the final four. He could. But he's going to surprise us, I think, with how far they go. Yeah. Him and Brad. Yeah, I agree. I, <clears throat> yeah. I agree completely. They have – you know, think about the teams that are in front of them in terms of the regular season points and the playoff um, structure. Those, you know, those teams that are from 5th to 10th got to be nervous. Yeah. That they could legitimately, you know, take their spot going forward. Anyways, um, that's a lot of fun. Martin Trix Jr. is going to return to uh, – to the Cup Series, I felt pretty confident that he wasn't going to he wasn't going to retire at the end of the year, um, and we I felt also that him returning 
not only does he want to keep racing, I mean, the guy's having fun. He's got fast cars. Of course, he doesn't want to stop doing that, making great money, all those things. But um, his brother, right, wins an Xfinity race at Dover, racing for Joe Gibbs. And I think Martin, in a way, was able to leverage helping his brother get more opportunities, deservedly so, uh, in in the Xfinity series with, with Joe Gibbs. So we'll see, you know, how all that pans out. I'm not. I've not heard any definitive information uh, about that, but um, you know. Anyways, well, uh, that's but that's a good point because you, there's John Hunter Nemechek sitting there in the Xfinity series. Yeah. You have to assume that they're going to try to get him in Cup. Truex staying takes off one potential ride there that yeah. he would have. You would have brought him up. Um, I know that there's rumors that uh, uh, you know Noah's on the hot seat over there because they're going to go. Legacy's going to Toyota. Does John Hunter come into that seat? You know, there's a lot of things there. Um, and, you know, you just introduced another one with Ryan Truex. What do you, what, you know, do you get him the opportunities in that Xfinity car? I just say, you know, if, if Ryan, you know, just got a handful of races this year, I think, he, you know, he'll just get, an, he'll get, a, he'll get another handful next year, maybe yeah. more, right? 10, 12 races. Could, who knows, right? I don't really, I think that if Martin, if I know Martin, that he's he's like hey yeah I'd love to come back cars are good everything's good hey can 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 my brother run a few more Xfinity races he he won your race I think he you know I think his brother's at a point in his life and his he's maturing and and you know he's sort of peaking in his real true ability as a race car driver he's not getting a lot of you know laps on the racetrack for his career to continue he's got to get out there right yeah and I think Martin's like on my way out. Right, yeah. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this. It's a very Truex thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, yes. it's very Martinish. Yeah. Some of our listeners might not know this, but our friends at Lionel Racing, the official diecast of NASCAR, have an entire line of cars and haulers that you can find on the toy aisle at a store near you. Lionel's NASCAR Authentics cars and haulers can be found at all your local stores like Walmart, Target, Myers. And Lionel releases new cars in this line all the time. If you're already a 164 scale diecast collector, or if you're thinking about starting a collection, you want to check out the latest NASCAR Authentics releases. What's great about Lionel is that in addition to offering the diecast of the most popular Cup Series drivers in their NASCAR Authentics line, they make sure that smaller race teams and up and coming drivers are represented as well. The best way to find out when the new NASCAR Authentics cars are coming to your Walmart, Target, or Meyer store is to follow Lionel Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find out everything you need to know there, and be sure to also visit LionelAuthentics.com. Start that collection now or add to the one you already got. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. 
AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So the Hall of Fame has announced their inductees for the new class. Jimmy Johnson, Chack announced Donnie Allison. We're excited for Donnie. Donnie uh, was, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I didn't think Donnie was going to win. Did you? Uh, no, I didn't. Right. But, but, but I wondered if we made a compelling case on the show. Listen, there's an oh, argument. And you're not, you, I know, you're not, you're going to say, give me a break. I got it. That's what, <laughs> you play that role. You're the humble Harry here. Okay. But. Kirk Shelmerdine didn't have a chance, and then he came on the show, and oh, I think come, I, I think we got him in. No I way. think we did. Listen, I'm not the only one. Listen, Donnie Allison presented a compelling case when he was on our show, and I do think that that helped him. Yeah. I th- maybe he was already going in, but you didn't think he was going in, and this and certainly in you this thought class, Donnie was going in. No, I didn't either. I but didn't then, either. But but um, I thought he I thought he made a compelling case, and it made people want to vote yeah. him in. Listen, I will promise you that what happens on this show does not influence the you're panel. Wrong. You're wrong. You're they wrong. don't give a crap, that no. panel. I'm sorry. I think you're wrong. I think that they. I, I think that all the people on that panel probably saw that. I think, that, okay. listen, if anything else, it puts him in, the, in their mind. It gets him a little bit uh, higher running order in yeah. their brain. Okay. He, you know, because a lot of that stuff is out of sight, out of mind. You know, you get this big old list of mm-hmm. candidates. What yeah. is it, 20, 25 people? But Donnie was sort of in the forefront of everyone's mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, anyways, Donnie, uh, Donnie makes it. That's awesome. Congratulations to Donnie. I was thrilled that we had him on the show, and now even more happy because of his Hall of Fame induction. Um, and Jimmy Johnson, Chack and House going in together, I thought that was great. A lot of people were, you know, saying beforehand that they maybe shouldn't go in together because one over, you know, then Chad's going to get overshadowed by Jimmy and this and that and the other, and everybody's worried about that. I'm like, they've been together their whole careers. No, that's the way to do it. They're really over. They don't worry about being overshadowed by one or the other. I think right. it more overshadows one if they don't go in over the other. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. Just yeah. put them in at the same time. Jimmy was not unanimous. Uh, a lot of people uh, you know, bothered by that. I um, I was, too, at first. And then I thought, man, 93% or whatever his vote percent was was really awesome. You like, take it. Hell, yeah. Everybody in the world <laughs> should be happy about that, um, yeah. getting that many votes, right? Um, and... Um, and then when I found out that there's that it's not been unanimous ever for any driver, David Pearson, uh, Jeff Gordon, then I was less outraged. Well, then you'd also, if it's ever, you'd have to also say your dad and Richard Petty. I mean, God, who would not vote them? I'm going to tell you something. You win seven championships, you better get every dang vote. Everybody better vote for you. I'm sorry. I don't care. Wait. 93%. Great approval rating. I like it. Great. All right. So, we would take it. But Jimmy Johnson. Dude, I can make this argument. All right. Make it. The reason why Dale Earnhardt wasn't unanimous? Why? How? How? how David positive? Pearson, Kale Yarborough, your dad's Daryl Walter, Bobby Allison. Your dad's more than them, though. To me and you. To, Listen, the, buddy. The statistics say so. No. Yes. Look, where is he on the wins list? Where is he on the championships list? You know where he is on the wins list? I think he's like eighth. Championships, man. All right. I, hey, he won seven championships. I give it to you, man. I'm just saying, it's like Jeff Gordon wasn't. You know, wasn't available or wasn't, uh, you know, 
able to be voted for back then. He was still racing. But I guess what when you walk out of this building, Mike, we got to realize that there's some people that think David Pearson was the greatest NASCAR driver ever. There's some people that think Kel Yarborough was the greatest ever. There's some pe- Kel Yarborough won three in a row before Jimmy won his five in a row. That three in a row was pretty damn amazing. Yeah. And so I don't discount that. You know, and so Richard's, Richard Petty's going to get some votes. You got to think about Bill France, senior, junior. There's just so many names for that first class that I absolutely can understand dad not making it on a couple ballots. Yeah, I can't. But all right. I, yeah. I mean, come on, man. That doesn't bother me. I think, man. I know, but 93%. I mean, listen, if you're going to make those things public, yeah. then you're, then it's, Open, open for, for us. scrutiny? Yes. Okay. 100%. We can debate it and we can agree with it or we don't disagree with it. If that's a problem to have a, an opinion about it, don't make it public. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I was outraged, man. I was right, I was right there with I you was. for about four hours and I got over it. <laughs> four hours? Yeah. I'm still trying to get over it. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson needs them all. <laughs> Jimmy's fine. But, I'm, but, but I am beyond ecstatic about Donnie. Yeah, Donnie so, Allison. I love that. Hey, love it. Right. I, I, in fact, I would even say becoming Earnhardt might have had a little influence in that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so there was one thing that I got to thinking about this weekend. This is look. I'm gonna throw this idea out there, and uh, before we go into Ask Junior, crazy idea. So there's a new uh, TV contract coming. There's a new agreement with the RTA over the uh, charters with NASCAR. There's a bunch of stuff churning up. And there's, you know, there's 36 charters, right? There's That means there's basically 36, maybe 37 cars out at the racetrack. And so, you know, we used to have 40, 43. We used to have fields of 43 cars. There yeah. were two, you know, a couple of provisionals and a champion's provisional. And, and if you, you know, if we, you know, lap traffic and all of those things create passing opportunities, create drama, all of the lap traffic at the end of the race at Michigan was exactly the result of the racing that we saw between Truex and the 17 of Busher. If Busher doesn't have lap traffic, Truex probably never gets close enough. The lap traffic that hindered Busher is what created opportunities for Truex. So we throw four, if we threw four more cars out on the racetrack, Right, mm, I see where you can make a world of difference. I see where you're going. And with I think this. it would almost bring the average cautions per race up from anywhere from 0.5 a half a caution to a full caution. Um, so you're adding more yellows and restarts and all kinds of things. So um, I, it got me thinking. All right, as hard as it is for a team like ours to get out of the Xfinity Series into the Cup Series. I would challenge. I would challenge like NASCAR, Denny Hamlin, uh, other people in the industry that understand the charter system and really what they are trying to achieve, what the RTA wants, what an owner like Denny Hamlin wants, what NASCAR really wants. Everybody wants something a little different out of this agreement, right? What I think would be really cool is to find a way to be able to relegate and delegate, uh, you know, teams up and down. So you could, you know, if you're an Xfinity team and you achieve X, Y, and Z, you have an opportunity to race in the Cup Series. You will not own. You would not automatically be gifted a charter. 
right? I'm not saying, hey, man, hand, hand, hand Junior Motorsports a charter. That's not what's happening here. What I'm trying to say is, is there a way for there to be the ability to move up or be sent, you know, or, you know, be sent back down? The 36 teams that currently own charters would never be relegated <laughs> to the extent they're not going to do that. Their business model is made for cup and they own, they own a charter and they're, they're locked in. But there would be maybe two charters that NASCAR possessed, NASCAR controlled, that were opportunities for an Xfinity team that succeeded. They would then be able to utilize one of those NASCAR-owned or controlled charters and be able to race in the Cup Series if they put a deal together. Outside of the teams that are already in the Xfinity Series, think about how interesting this may be for 2311 or Trackhouse to be able to, instead of having to go out and spend $30 million to obtain a third charter, they could fund an Xfinity program and go out and probably for a little bit, you know, quite a bit less, acquire the, the opportunity to run a chartered car a third chartered car in the Cup Series by competing in the Xfinity Series. You and, and the distinction would be to be able to take in and make the money, take in the earnings that a charter team yes. brings? Because otherwise, without that, the opportunity sort of already exists, doesn't it? I mean, anybody can go anybody can field go. a Cup car, enter it, qualify the car, make the race. And You're saying, though, you don't own the charter, but there's these, we'll call them quote-unquote provisional charters, yes. maybe two, where a, a, a successful Xfinity team can go up there and honestly, like, you know, eat at the buffet table with the other charter yes. teams. Or think about it like this. Maybe the team that acquires this provisional charter has no interest in going cup racing. That's their business model is just to take – yeah, they just want to go up there and, and That and team then can, can lease this charter they've earned to a 2311, to a track house. Then – and it could be a fixed number. Say, hey, man, all right, say say you've got an Xfinity team, Mike. Mm-hmm. You go out there and you run well enough to check all the boxes to get one of these provisional charters, yeah. right? You, you're like, hey, man, I gotta, I've been wanting to race in the Cup for so long. The reason why I haven't done it is because I wouldn't be making – I don't have a charter. I wouldn't be making the funds. You can't make business sense can't of it. Can't make business sense of it. Now you can. So you call up your partners – you got your driver, you get, you know, you you get an alliance with a team for some cars and engines, and you're on your way. You're racing in the cup series. All right? Or, or you think, you know what, I I don't want to move into the cup series. I'm not ready or or things aren't aligned or doesn't make good business sense for me to move up to the cup series, but you still have the rights to 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 lease or sell or or transfer that charter that that charter that's yours for a year right you have the opportunity to 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 lease that to a team that wants it for a fixed for a price that's already determined so either way you're going to get some money right i don't know that's the part you lost me because if you don't own that charter you can't lease it nascar owns the charter i know uh, but 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 I, you're, you're saying there's some sort of transfer of of uh if you, you know 
It's almost kind of, yeah, keep going. I'm just saying, so, so if you don't choose to take advantage of it, do you not want a monetary, you know, you, you, somebody else is going to use it? Do you not want yeah. a couple million bucks for that? I thought, uh, Of course, I just think that, it, that that was a cool idea up until the part that I think that we would go screw that up. People would start making the political thing. You know, the, the big team owners would start f- finding loopholes into that system. But if you back up just one second. Yeah. It sounds sort of like, you know how Lamar had that Garage 56 entry? Yep. And it was this kind of like special entry where you had to qualify. You had to get approved yeah. for it. But there is a list of qualifications or checklist, if you will, um, that, that, that you could go take that one. And if you get that one, you get to race at Lamar. You're not going to get the trophy. You're not. I don't know that you even get to sit on the – maybe you do. I can't remember if you can sit on the podium if you finish – well enough but the fact is is that you get to take in all that comes with the Lamar race with this one provisional spot right yeah similar to that or no I don't I think it's kind of like soccer where you teams teams kind of move up and down what I'm trying to find a way to do right is make the Xfinity series have more substance and meaning and the future of the Xfinity series would have a long-term objective. Yeah. Right. And so this would also maybe create more teams in the cup series, getting back down involved in the Xfinity series to be able to go after these provisional charters. I think you're right. And if they, if the provisional charters could not be traded or exchanged for something, um, then I don't know that that would make a lot of sense. So Look, there's 99 reasons why this should shouldn't be done. There's a you know there's yeah. there's one reason that makes sense. Or yeah, you're not saying it's perfect. You're not saying it doesn't a, have issues no, that work through. Look, but I, but know, in theory, that is a hell of an idea. You're trying to add value to the Xfinity series and give people a reason to go put. Uh, uh, you're trying. You're honestly giving it business revenue purpose in the Xfinity series. And also opportunity for the Cup Series to be able to go grow new talent and grow race teams in the Xfinity. I think it's actually pretty uh, interesting. It's a com- it's a compelling idea. Yeah, I w- I'm I'm uh, I would uh, I told uh, I told a friend of mine that works in the industry. I said, listen, I said I want you to try to I'm gonna hand you this challenge, right? Make this work, right? Figure out a way to. I don't want you to come back to me and say can't can't do it. There's no way you can do it. This would right. never work. Don't do that. I want, and this is for Denny because he's going to shoot a million holes in it. <laughs> Denny, <laughs> the challenge for you is to not tell me why it can't happen. The challenge is for you <laughs> to put a system together just similar to this that w- would work. Yeah, right. Right. We can tell you why it wouldn't work, but we, and he, we don't need you to do that. We need yeah. you to tell us how it could yeah. work. But but that's a good point. Listen, Denny will make the argument he did at this table uh, last year where he said, you know, it would be in everyone's best interest to have Dale Earnhardt Jr. having a team in the Cup Series. Um, but then he's also a charter member, yeah. uh, you know, holds several charters, and they don't want to dilute the value of their own charter. A provisional charter system, it's even compelling for people like Hendrick Motorsports that have reached their cap of teams. So they got four teams. You can't have five cup teams. Yeah. But what if you could have an affiliation with the Junior Motorsports or something where Junior Motorsports wins a ch- – let's say if it's, it goes to the Xfinity Series champion. They ha- I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that it would have to be done to, 
to Denny's point and everybody else that owns a charter, it has to be done to where it absolutely does not affect the value of those. And so these charters would have to be controlled either by the RTA, which I'd be fine with, the RTA in general, the RTA themselves control the charter, or, or NASCAR controls it, whatever. It belongs to an entity uh, and and it would and they would all they would always sort of live in this sort of provisional land, right? Like good, I like that word. Um, I don't know, and it ain't a way. For, I, look, I I want you know for junior motorsports for us to get in the Cup Series, I want us to be able to uh, own charters, control them, all those things. I don't even I don't even know if this you know I don't even know if we want to go Cup racing. I you know that's not that's not what this is about. I'm just trying. We're in a situation where basically, if if the deal that NASCAR gives the teams allows the teams to succeed on less sponsorship dollars, their sponsorship dollars are probably you know seventy to eighty percent of what allows them to go compete. Right? If NASCAR can move that percentage down to where what the team needs to bring in is only about you know fifty or sixty percent of their operating cost. Does that make sense to you, Mike? It makes sense to me. I, keep going. All right. So if what? No, no. Keep going. So if NASCAR says, "Hey, we're going to give you more TV deal," teams are teams are less. Um, you know, there, there's less importance or not not importance, but they they don't have to go out and find twenty two million dollars, right? They don't have to go out and find. Uh, you know, fifteen million dollars to compete. They, you know, that makes things a little more. That makes the 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 business model for the Xfinity series a little more challenging, right? And so, I think the Xfinity, as the model for the Cup series gets better, and and that improves, the model for the Xfinity series and the Truck series needs focus as well, and also has to continue to 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 improve. And so I'm just trying to think of ways uh, and avenues to go down that would be um, beneficial for the Xfinity Series and make the Xfinity Series more worthwhile, make the Xfinity Series a better value, make the Xfinity Series, you know, a destination. Man, I wish I'd have known this because I would have actually put a lot more thought to it. My, my wheels. We can talk spinning. about it next week too. Yeah, buddy. let's do that. But by that time, we maybe have Denny's response, right? Uh, I think Denny's first, first gut reaction would probably be the obvious one, and that is: look, what you're asking for is a, a charter that reaps the benefits financially of other charter members, but then they're therein lies the problem you got to also pay for it that, yeah. that money's got to come from somewhere right like so uh who's paying for that is yeah. it is is it a it, are these two charity spots that every team's chipping in they're not going to do that is nascar paying for it they're not going to do that because you're tra- if you're trying to mitigate costs which is what you're saying and of course that's what it's what the next gen car everything has always been supposedly about trying to mitigate costs for race teams and yeah. yet i don't know that that's actually happened so if you're trying to make an affordable entry who is actually paying for that cost to be mitigated it's almost like the you know the the whole argument i don't want to get too deep into this because it's political but like you know college tuition being paid for well somebody pays for college tuition if it's not the students to you know relieve them from their debt somebody's got to pay for it it's taxpayers right Mm -hmm. 
So it's the same thing. Who, who ends up paying for these two things? And so you would have to find some reason for the current charter members like Denny to want to help, in, help um, you know, add value to the Xfinity series, yeah. which they don't really have any interest in right now. This might be have this might be a conversation where we need Denny at the table. It would be fascinating. Actually. I know. Yeah. yeah. Just be, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, I just wrote that down. I was sitting there in the, in the booth this weekend and just jotted down some notes about that. Those rain like, delays pay off for us on the yeah. uh, on the dirty air. Good grief. <laughs> I'm now addicted to uh, – there's this houseboat brand. Of, there's, a, there's a company that used to make houseboats. I don't think they do anymore called Gibson. Okay. Yeah, I've been down this rabbit hole looking at Gibbs, used Gibson houseboats. Oh, you're looking at boats? I miss my houseboat, man. I, I see it still on the lake, you know. Really? All the time. Loose change? Yeah, loose change is over there in the... I know it's at the marina. Yeah. But I don't know what's... I don't. I, you see it out and about? I see it moving. out and about. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I see it tied up at the... Uh, at the marina. Yeah, I never see no, it No, no. I see it tied up at the uh, sandbars and, and... Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't miss that boat, per se, but I miss the function of a houseboat, especially with two kids... Uh, yeah, I think it'd be a little fun to have some sleepovers out there. I don't even know if it's legal to spend a night on the lake. I think it's not, but it's okay. People don't really say anything. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I wonder what the law is. I don't know. I don't know. I've already broken it. If, it, if it's legal. <laughs> Oh, hell. You spent a night on your pontoon? Oh, yeah. Well, you can go camp up there at Lake Norman State Park. Yeah, but like, uh, do you go off the pontoon and into a tent? I didn't that time. You spent the night on the pontoon? Mm, yeah. How do you, do you just lay out in the stars? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Under a sleep mat, you don't get dew on you? Huh. Well, I mean, listen, if you're going camping or anything like that, you're not going to come out of that spotless clean. So, you know, the same would probably apply to the... It's a question, what? Mike. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying is, do you get dew on you? Did Maybe. you wake up? I don't remember going, <laughs> I'm very, very dewy today. Well, I mean, it's... What the it's, hell? I would think <laughs> if I go camping, I'd just like a little shelter. No, man. No, I mean, you could... Uh, no, sleep under the sky, as long as it's not going to be bad weather. <laughs> I don't want to get rained on. But I reserve the right to go take it in the dock and end up in my own bed at night if it, if it, gets, if it gets bad. Okay. You know? All right. Dude, I told you this week, man, I'm ready for you to get your boat back out well, there. Well, there's a recall on my gas tank. I know, but still. Did I, yours not have a recall? Maybe it did. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same boat. I know, but I'm, I'm having too You're much You're not fun. giving a Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Living dangerously. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. When we go live, is like everybody already in the room or are they oh, just yeah. kind of popping in? Oh, yeah. They're already in the room. Already They've been waiting. Room. Okay, great. Well, I just never knew. Um, thanks for. Uh, Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here today. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do some Ask Junior, presented by Xfinity. And uh, everybody knows Xfinity has been a big supporter of NASCAR, and, and uh, we're thankful for their support here at Dirty Mo Media and at the Dale Junior Download. You've been sending your questions into Xfinity Racing on Twitter, and uh, we're ready to go. So we've had a great conversation earlier today. I think this is going to be a great show for everybody to listen to. And uh, we got a lot of things happening this week. Don't forget um, to stay up to date on your Becoming Earnhardt content. We've got episode four. Five. Five. Episode five coming out. Goodness. Losing track. That, that series was scheduled to be eight episodes. 
it could balloon up to maybe one more. We don't know yet. But it's uh, there's a lot happening with Becoming Earnhardt, so make sure you're you're checking that out. I've had a lot of fun building that series and putting it together, and uh, we're nearly halfway through the 1979 year with it. Anyways, uh, Andrew, is Andrew still here? here? Andrew's not here. Alex. So Alex is going to be doing Andrew's job today. Andrew was here, but he left. He was. Yeah. DBC's recording today. Too. All right. So, anyways, yeah, DBC, that's right. With the rain out and everything, it gets shaken up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, let's get started. All right. Well, our first question is from Steve Thompson. And as an owner, what traits do you look for in young drivers? Um, What traits do I look for in young drivers? I think the first trait is that they don't tear up a bunch of stuff. All right. So, um don't tear up stuff let's write that down (laughs) um you know you you have if you're gonna everybody out there you're an owner of a race team all right let's put you in that mindset you're an owner of a race team you know already before the season starts how much money you have okay and you have this big pie of money and you already know where all of that money is going to go it's spent before the season begins. All right, you do not write a uh, you don't write into your budget like this sort of uh, you know crash damage clause or you know hey we're going to set aside you know five hundred thousand dollars for damage. You're going to spend that five hundred thousand before the season begins to be faster to get faster. You're never going to be able to hang on to that money, park it over somewhere in the back, so that you'll be able to you know handle all kinds of crash damage. That money's going to be sitting there, burning a hole in your pocket. You're going to find something in the middle of the year or during the year that that money's going to be spent on to try to get better. Um, so, you know, you're going to have this big pie, and and it's important that the driver gets the finish that you need. Uh, and you know, as an owner, hey, I got a tenth place car. All right, I'm don't I don't have a first place car. I have a tenth place car. And so you need your driver to go out there and drive like he's got a 10th place race car, right? He don't need to crash trying to finish fifth, all right? And he doesn't need to run around banging into things and run 20th with a, with a beat-up car. Um, and so you want the driver to be able to run where the car should run, and you also want the driver to be able to finish the race where the car should finish. And so that was one of the things that I loved about Brad Kozlowski when we hired him at Junior Motorsports. Honestly, man, I had a 10th to 15th place race car. That's what kind of cars we were building in our shop, as as good as we were going to be. He went out there and drove that car and finished in 10th to 15th. Now, when there was attrition, when the other drivers made mistakes, we might finish 8th. Uh, we might finish better. But um, And he was available and around and accountable in those moments. That was perfect. And so... He didn't bring home a tore-up race car. We could then make that race car better. And then we started building 5th to 10th place cars. And then we started building 1st to 5th place cars. And so as we built better cars, he was also progressing and getting better as a driver. And that happened uh, right here. And and that's what you want. I mean, you know, you you obviously want a driver that's marketable, all of those things. You You want somebody that you can trust and depend on in and out of the car. Um that's going to be focused, that's going to do the homework during the week, that's going to embrace the tri- you know, the, it's going to embrace the training simulator, staying in shape, 
Um, but man, when they get on the track, they got to not tear stuff up. That's probably that's probably at the top of the list for me. You know, when you get to cup level and you're spending you know millions of dollars, you certainly don't want to crash a lot. But the more successful you become, the more acceptable crashing is, right? Because the team knows, hey man, next week that's probably not going to be the problem. You're probably going to finish where you belong. We talked about that this week on the broadcast. Like you know, young drivers that don't have wins, that don't have a you know a um, that don't have a uh, a career of of success, you know, can't build a reputation cr- on crashing. Yeah, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Become, comes to mind when he wrecked in being his beginning of his, his career. Now he's two time Xfinity champion, Daytona yeah. 500 champion. So he yeah, around. dude, he did, and he got set out. Remember they set him out yeah. because of him, and they could. They're like, hey man, you you cannot crash so much. Yeah. Um, and and that's a you know that's part of a driver learning how to rein it in right yeah not take risks things. yeah uh, next one's pretty interesting uh, Brighton wants to know should all tracks have lights uh, currently Michigan and Talladega are two that don't but do you think it should be a requirement no, no no it's too much of an expense to make that'd be such a financial burden to force that on the racetracks and nobody would want to build a racetrack if that was like a requirement mm-hmm. um, but you know yeah I don't think it's necessary no all right now we'll go to the next one this one is a fun one uh jesse wants to know if music played every time you walked into a room Damn. what song or songs would you have played eminence front um would be my song that's uh pete townsend Never heard of it. yeah the intro to eminence front is like the intro of all intros so the who um pete was in that band um they had a ton of the great songs that have that were great intros right walkout songs right mm-hmm. um if you're gonna like for example at bristol you're gonna have the drivers walk out to a song like a who it, it, there's a couple who songs that would be great um for for walking out to and uh, eminence front was my favorite i think that's just the coolest song yeah would you get tired of everything it? every room you walked in um life. you would absolutely get tired of it yeah. it's kind of like that every time you every time i plug my iPhone in in my truck and I don't tell it what to do it starts playing the very first song at the very first you know the very first song the song starts with A um, and I literally after a couple of years have to delete that song <laughs> I'm like it, it's got to we got to get another song playing or I wait for the manufacturer just to fix that so it doesn't automatically start playing because that is annoying yes it's a little bit of a pet peeve now that you mention yeah. it <laughs> well what song would be your song that you walked into every room and it played Thunderstruck. <laughs> Thunderstruck, really? How quickly would you get tired of that? Very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would be the John Cena walkout song. I don't know what it is, but I think that okay. that's like awesome. I think it's part of that yeah, that's, WWE. The Stone Cold one would be great. That too, yeah. yeah. Every time you walked into a room. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, yeah. So, you know, my little daughter, uh, my 10-year-old, all of a sudden, for out of random, she just started going, hey, Dad, can we watch some pro wrestling? And so we went – uh, onto Peacock and started watching like old school WrestleManias, yes. like going back to one, two, three, and like Hulk Hogan's walk in song that, uh, you know, that America song. I mean, like mm-hmm. the, you could see the evolution of walkout songs and how they really did yeah. evolve and become a thing, part of the identity, which is awesome. Yeah. Very hype moment as well. Yeah. Very much. Uh, this next one's from Hunter. Uh, football season is around the corner. Uh, do you have a favorite commander's moment that you've seen in person? Or on yeah, TV, I, guess. Um, I can't remember. 
uh, the date or the you were with me, Mike. I think um, I think they were playing Dallas. They were Monday night. Uh, D'Angelo Hall got an interception for a pick six. Yep. That and that put us in the lead, and then Dallas went down. Tony Romo's quarterback. They got down to like the ten yard line. Last play of the game, an incomplete pass yep. into the end zone, and we win. And the place went bonkers. I mean, the atmosphere at yeah. that moment, Monday night against Dallas with a win like that, it was insane. Yeah. yeah. It was insane. It's pretty electric. It was. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Uh, all right. Our last question here uh, is, what movie do you wish you could watch again for the first time? For the first time? Yeah. Um. Probably... Probably, um, gosh, <laughs> it's a tough question. Yeah, it is. If you think of one, Mike, go ahead. Um, I think, um, Forrest Gump. I, I was just thinking yeah. Forrest Gump. I'm like, I remember thinking, like, wow, what a clever yeah. movie. What clever writing Forrest that Gump is. Forrest Gump was good. Yeah, I was just thinking, that, I swear yeah. to God. Yeah, I was thinking just Step Brothers, something Will Ferrell wise, but that first laugh you get when you watch those movies, uh, there's nothing like it. Yeah, but. Forrest Gump to me was such an incredible movie because uh, it felt like six movies in one. Because mm-hmm. Forrest Gump's life, you know, had all these different chapters in it, and so you're you're like, man, I'm getting a lot out of this, right? I'm getting a lot for my for my time here. Yeah, all the rest would be racing movies. Yeah, like The Last American Hero, made around 1972, 73. Jeff uh, Bridges, I believe, is the main. Um, character and he's playing junior jackson which is like a loose story on junior johnson mm-hmm. and uh watching that for the first time i've watched a bunch of racing movies like six pack uh stroker race driven uh D- mm-hmm. days of thunder all of them right i've watched them all and they all have this sort of you know this hollywood twist to them that are sort of distances itself from reality right it's like yeah that's a great i love that they made a movie about racing but it's not really authentic um and there's been some good ones that are very close and authentic like lamar was great but the last american hero to me was authentic to nascar at the time um I don't know why, but the movie feels like it's not trying to pretend or, 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 uh, it's an old movie and it was, they didn't have a ton of money and, and they, uh, but they, you know, I don't know. It's not, it doesn't have that sort of Hollywood touch to it or that, that, you know, it's not sensational. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, there's no pizzazz. That's yeah. the word I can't It's just mind. straightforward. It's yeah. like, hey, just, here's the story. It's kind of loosely based on Junior Johnson. And then and you watch it and it's got some great actors in there. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it actually. I think you should watch it. it. Um, Last American Hero, Jeff Bridges is amazing. Yeah, but it's like one of he's young, uh, and uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. And a lot of it is shot. Maybe this is why I like it so much. A lot of it's shot at like Hickory. Oh yeah. Um, this is one cool part about Last American Hero. They go to Concord and film a lot of, uh, you know, Junior Jackson racing a dirt car. 
and they've got some in-car footage. And while you're watching this in-car footage, you can see several cars sort of jockey in for position in front. One of them is Ralph Earnhardt. Really? Mm. In wow. his And he's in his um, Camaro. That He had a dirt car in around 71 or whatever that was a 69-ish Camaro. And you can see him driving that thing. And wow. There's not any video of Ralph Earnhardt racing his dirt car. There's only only video of Ralph Earnhardt racing was this race he ran at Sharp Motor Speedway. And um, it's kind of like this limited, uh, you know, it's like a bush race, right, it, if you will. And Leroy Yarborough wins. Ralph runs second. Leroy gets disqualified because of his wheels or something. And they interview Ralph. And so while they're interviewing Ralph, like that's the only video I have of Ralph talking, the sound of his voice. There's no other video, no home video, nothing. Wow. So that video of Ralph driving and then in the movie, uh, Last American Hero, there's there's the video of him out on the racetrack and you're viewing it from the cockpit of another car. It's really cool. That's incredible. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely watching it now. Dude. I've told this story on here, but I'll say it. I'll tell it again since we're on YouTube. Um, probably around 1996 or seven. I'm 20-some years old, maybe couple, you know, 22 years old or whatever. I walk into Dad's office at the farm, and he's like sitting at his desk, and uh, he's got this tape, and he's like, "Come here." And he's got this little thing beside his desk, and it's a, it's like a 13-inch television with a VCR underneath it. And uh, he's like, we're going to watch this tape. Watch this tape with me. He's just gotten this, right? He's like, oh, man, I've never, you know. So I don't know what's on it. We pop it in. It's that race from Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. And Ralph's, they're talking, oh, Ralph Earnhardt in the number. He's he's uh, driving Marion Cox's cars, white and red, number 50. And uh, he's running around, and I'm like, oh, cool. Um and but i didn't know they were going to interview ralph so when i've never seen ralph talk he died before i was born mm-hmm. i don't know with i don't know the sound of his voice i don't know his mannerisms the way he moves his head when he talks or nothing right and thought i never would because there's no we don't have any home video or nothing and they go to interview him and it's like Chris Economaki's like, I'm down here with Ralph Earnhardt. <laughs> That's a good Economaki. And I was like, I mean, I'll never forget that moment. There he was on the screen talking to me, talking, hearing his voice yeah. for the first time. And I looked over at Dad, and he's he's like, you know, jaw on the floor. He hasn't heard Ralph since Ralph passed away, his own father, right? Yeah. So he's hearing Ralph for the first time in 20 years. And, uh, man, I'll never forget that moment. Wow. And so uh, that was so cool. It still is the only video that I know of Ralph Earnhardt speaking that exists today. And so, uh, yeah, that was, that was, um, that's pretty cool. So that's, that's, that's another reason why I like Last We kind of got in the woods here. But um, Last American Heroes, great. Junior Johnson, it's a great story. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Bridges, what can you not like? got everything yeah it sounds like there's a funny line in there about this guy wants to go to lake lure and uh jeff bridges grabs his top lip like like grabbing like that and 
tells him a thing or two. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm watching it yeah. tonight. Uh, that's, I guess, a good place to stop. All right. So this is a good show. I enjoyed it. Dirty Air, Ash Jr. A lot of fun. Um, Want to wrap this show up. Mike, you've got a couple uh, bulletin points. Yeah. Bulletin board items. Yeah. Just uh, there, there's only a few seats left at the Ultimate Experience. And that's not just a cliche and a thing that we say. Like, literally, I think there are six seats as I say this right now. And who knows if they're still there. Uh, by the time the podcast comes out but if you're still thinking about going to the ultimate experience at bristol motor speedway september 16th you'd need to do it right now um also i just you know our own connor daly is going to be in the xfinity series race this weekend he's going to be uh running what is it alpha prime the, the race team yes. did, did i get that right yes um so good luck to connor daly uh you've mentioned becoming earnhardt episode five coming out tomorrow we're excited about that and then also, I just want to say that um, I, I, I know that the uh, uh, our podcast with Shane Van Gisenberg, Gizen, you're better at this than I, I've never thought I'd say this, but you pronounce it better. Uh, <laughs> but that's going to be Thursday. Peacock will have that airing. And then also, I know Jeff Binky's working on getting that on USA Network this weekend, so yeah. that will be something to look forward to as well. hope so. Um, yeah. Speaking of becoming our heart, before we wrap up today, I want to I want to read a few Apple reviews. Awesome. Let's do that. All right. Um, Becoming Earnhardt, episode four, tugged at my heartstrings when Dale Jr. talked about his dad crying while in his shop missing his father. I could feel his pain in Dale Jr.'s voice. Thank you so much for sharing your family with us. That was from Tennessee Tina Volfan. All right. Thank you for doing the Becoming Earnhardt podcast. So interesting. And I remember a lot of the drivers. It's nice to hear voice clips. Thank you. Sue B229, thank you for doing that. And the five stars. Yeah. Great show every week. Could listen to you guys all day. Well, you're the man, Joe Broom, 88. <laughs> Joe right. Broom, yeah. that's a name. Hey, I like I, I'm going to tell you right now, I read all of the uh, comments on social media about becoming Earnhardt. I really appreciate them. Uh, it's motivating. Uh, the series is a ton of work and effort, and um, the the feedback's really what keeps us uh, trying to churn out great episodes every week. We're about halfway through the series, uh, for this year at least, for 1979. Hope you're enjoying it. Keep the feedback and reviews coming. We may read yours on the show next week. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We haven't done that in a while. So All right. We'll see everybody next week. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.